Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights will open the season at home on Tuesday, October 10th, when VGK will raise its championship banner against Seattle. We will talk about the scheduling highlights right here today on Lockdown Golden Knights. Hi, everyone. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first lesson each and every day. You can find us, of course, on the YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. Please subscribe there. Of course, on Twitter, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G, at Lockdown VGK. And we are brought to you today by FanDuel. Take your first uh, swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. So, Chris, uh, we saw this week uh, VGK releasing the schedule on Tuesday. Uh, the NHL draft is also coming up, and we'll talk about that later on in the program. But first, the schedule and what stands out to you. Um, I mean, of course, the opening ceremony, the opening night is going to be fun against the Kraken. I think uh, the Blackhawks, right? The Blackhawks are going to be here somewhat early. Of course, the the Connor Bedard tour, um, as I'm saying. He has a residency in Chicago, and he'll be hitting the road uh October through April next year, possibly into May. I doubt June, though. We'll see if the Blackhawks can figure something out. Me and you were going up and back, Tony. I checked like four different times. Edmonton, only three games. Am I correct in that? That's true. That's correct, yeah. What am I, and and forgive me, I'm sure someone's going to add us on YouTube and Twitter for this, but I always thought it was four divisional games, three against your conference, two against the other conference. But maybe the math doesn't work out since Seattle came in. Since Seattle league. came in, I think, yeah. And so the teams that they're going to be playing four times will be Anaheim, Calgary, Seattle, San Cal Jose, Cal and Vancouver, uh, which had a combined record of 167, 183, and 60 a season ago. I know that off the top of my head. Absolutely, you do. Yeah. And so, uh, but they're not going to play – Edmonton, they play uh, the Kings only three times, right down the street, just three times. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfair. Don't get they, me started. They, they have to travel farther, Tony. Relax. They have to travel farther. Um, Kings are going to be fine. We're going to hit them a little more in, in the third segment, but they just acquired Pierre-Luc Dubois. So that's going to be an interesting uh, kind of a retool going on. They sent some pieces out, but they got the best player in the deal. We'll see what happens with the Kings. Always fun when the Sharks come. Uh, they we got them early on. Let me see in my Second notes game. right here. Yeah, no, right. yeah, we have them early. I think as far I think the first home game is November the tenth, though. And obviously, things get a little bit goofy, of course, when whenever they come to town. Okay, so uh, I counted. Well, I my math was way off. While I was good at the total tabulation of all their records combined for those teams that I just mentioned, I was way off in the back to back area. And a back to back doesn't mean, folks that you play one night, you have a night off, and then the following night you play again. That's not a back-to-back. It's two consecutive nights or days. 11 back-to-backs, I guess, was the final verdict uh, for VGK. Check this out. The you New said Jersey... 12. That's pretty good, actually. You said 12. I said before 12. Before it started. 
the New Jersey Devils have the most with 16 back-to-backs. Now, they don't have to travel as far, but nonetheless, how, why would they get jobbed like that? And the Seattle Kraken have the fewest at just seven. But I was looking at some of those back-to-backs for VGK. It won't be that easy. Uh, Philly and Pittsburgh, uh, you've got New Jersey and the Islanders. You've got the Rangers to Detroit. Uh, there's some pretty difficult games there for the VGK. But, of course, they do have that one down the street where they just go to L.A. to play the Kings. Well, Anaheim's on the front end this time, and then the Kings are second. But 11 back-to-backs for VGK. Does the schedule seem manageable? I, I think they could get out to a really good a good start, the Golden Knights. I, I mean, if they beat Pete DeBoer, I think they could be something like 5-0 and just out of the shoot. Yeah, I mean, just kind of getting a quick glance here. Seattle, San Jose, Anaheim, Dallas, home against Dallas, Keith. Yeah. And then, of course, we got uh, the the new-look Winnipeg Jets, Blackhawks, Flyers, Blackhawks again. Six, seven, eight. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Los Angeles, Montreal, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. I mean... Seven and three, Seven, six, six, four, six, six four, you know, six, eight. three and one, you know, whatever. Maybe like maybe eight. It definitely could be. I'm trying to stay somewhat grounded in all this, definitely, but they should have a fair start. Um, let's be reasonable. Very short off season, Stanley Cup hangover. There's also a reasonable path for four and six. No, that won't happen. I and and I'm the pessimist of the group. Um, this will be the season in which we have the first stadium game, uh, the outdoor game on New Year's Day. They didn't get a break so much with the holidays. Uh, so I guess that the, the NHL and Mr. Gary Bettman, they were listening to me. And Definitely. then, uh, of course, uh, we talked about Formula One on yesterday's show, and we knew that they would not be in town because there's a basketball tournament there at T-Mobile. And then they won't be at home for the Super Bowl. They'll be home the day following the Super Bowl game. But I know that the arena is being booked with some events there. So uh, those are some some key milestone uh, dates there. Uh, for VGK, they have a five-game homestand in January. But they also have two five-game road trips. And so those are pretty long and lengthy. Yeah, the first one, Washington, Montreal, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Dallas. That's going to be a really good measuring point, right? You know, that first long road trip of the season really gives you a taste of how things might look for the rest of the season, at least, you know, for the first half or so. Same breath, it's also a great chance for the team to bond, although maybe Bond should be replaced by Jack Eichel getting um, drunk every night and preparing to party for another Stanley cup. It's his, it's his ritual. It's his, it's his workout routine, right? You know, he drinks on the road and drinks and drinks and drinks. So he can be ready to party when he gets the Stanley cup. I mean, that's <laughs> listen, these are March. So's words, not mine. I'm not making this up. This is but from what uh, about that. What about that tattoo that he got on his thigh, the Stanley cup I, tattoo. Did you see that? Pretty I did see that. I mean, yeah, I guess well, he doesn't uh, have to go out and find a real job anytime soon. So he could put tats all over his body. I mean, to be face. fair, there's not a lot of jobs besides a Chippendale where you're going to get that much of your thigh showing at your everyday workplace. So how you would know. you know this? Uh, hey, bro, hey, got to pay the bills, man. COVID was tough. <laughs> okay. So how soon after we're going to talk about the draft, how soon following the draft will we see 
development camp. I was wondering about that today. Days. I feel like I feel like the window is less than like seven to ten days away. If I'm if memory serves me right from last year. I mean, these guys, I literally remember me and my kid just went there and watched some of the development camp last year. And like, I was just thinking to myself, it's literally been a week since these guys were drafted and boom, here they are in Vegas already, uh, you know, getting a, getting a slice of what it's like to be, uh, you know, working out with an NHL club and kind of going through that. So I would guesstimate by, I mean, maybe just after July 4th, maybe like the 7th or something like that is maybe when this will get going. I'm, again, I'm, I'm shooting at the hip. I'm guessing I, we haven't heard dates yet, but I would assume a couple days after the 4th of July, that thing will get going and, uh, we'll get to see Ryan Craig probably leading most of the on ice stuff because the Silver Knights, uh, coach is usually, uh, the Silver Knights coach and our, um, uh, Ghost Pirates coach. They're usually the ones who kind of take the reins for all that while Cassidy, McCrimmon, and everyone, they kind of sit up in the corner of the bleachers and just kind of watch and take it all in. Okay. And someone asked, uh, when do tickets go on sale now that the schedule is, is announced? Do you have any idea? It, no, not till closer to the season. Um, in the press release there in, in the, in Vegas's words, there's a handful of season tickets available starting at $55 a game. Uh, and that's going to go up in the not too distant future. If I read that right. And when I say handful, it's probably a very small handful of tickets of $55 a pop. And honestly, uh, that seems low for a Stanley Cup you know, winning team, if you can jump on right now, I mean, they're probably going to get you for a long-term contract or a one-year contract. They won't give you that sweetheart of a deal for three years. You're either going to get in and out in one year so they can raise the price or they're going to rope you in for 10 years and say, okay, we will, we'll get you on the backside. That's crazy. VGK has got to work on New Year's Day. Um, I didn't check Valentine's Day, though. I don't know if uh, VGK is going to be home or away. National holiday. Um, they're going to be home. Monday, February 12th, Minnesota, Saturday, February 17th. Wow. So, okay. So month to November of the following season, guys, watch out. We might have some players on a, on a maternity leave. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Coming up next, the NHL draft begins today on Wednesday. Uh, VGK with five draft picks. We'll discuss who their top pick could be in the first round with that 32nd pick. We'll return with more right after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you could get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. You bet just 20 bucks, and you could land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 that you could spend betting everything from the money line to over-unders to who you think is going to hit that first home run it's all on the app that's safe it's secure and super easy to use plus when you win you can get paid instantly there's no better place to bet on major league baseball than FanDuel, america's number one sports book so sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on you get up to 200 dollars in bonus bets that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel the official partner of major league baseball Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. I was, thought I was doing another Locked On show. Don't know where I'm at today. Yeah, of course, uh, you could find us on the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights. And, of course, wherever you get your podcast, please check it out. It's a big day. It is draft day. It's in Nashville. And next year, 
we will have, of course, the NHL draft, according to reports right here in our very city. So that'll be fun. Five draft picks for VGK. Um, they have the 32nd pick in the first round. They've got two third rounders, number 77 and 96. They have one sixth rounder, that's 192, and a seventh rounder at 224. And at number 32, I I just I love it. I could speak it into existence, man. If we can get Oliver Bonk here, he's already playing for a team wherever he's at called the Knights. I mean, it would be the perfect transition. Then, of course, his dad was Radic Bonk, who everyone remembers here in Las Vegas when he played for the Las Vegas Thunder. How could they do this? Okay. Of course, I dreamt this up as well. So St. Louis has three picks, right? And St. Louis is ready to deal. I think they're ready to deal, Chris. Um, They have number 10. I don't think they'll part with that. But number 25, and they could either go with the 25th pick or the 29th pick. I'm seeing in a lot of these uh, mock drafts, and they could try to get Oliver Bonk themselves. But uh, maybe VGK could put together some sort of a package deal, do you think, to try to move up and, and get Oliver Bonk, because that's who I'd like to see, two-way defenseman. And again, I like that historical uh, viewpoint as well. The historical viewpoint is certainly fun. Um, The simulation I'm looking at has him at 33 right now. So really at that point, it all just kind of depends on what scout is going to make the most noise to their general manager. I mean, that's really what happens when you get out of, you know, the first few picks are going to write themselves a good chunk of the first round probably writes itself, although we did have a surprise last year with uh, Shane Wright falling, Slafoski going one, right right uh, thing at the end of the day, obviously. But it was certainly a surprise. And, of course, Shane Wright gave that awesome stare down to the to the Canadians draft table, which I thought was was just so much fun. Maybe we'll, we'll, let's get a stare down this year. Maybe we'll get a stare down from somebody this year. But could Bonk be there? Yes. Could it be... Riley Height, could it be Daniel Butte? Could it be Ethan Gauthier? Could it be Bradley Nadal? I'm literally reading off a sheet. I haven't done any research besides my reading. And uh, I don't have a napkin to read this from right now, folks. But, you know, at this stage here, it's it's kind of, I don't know. The interesting twist that I do like, though, Tony, is the Golden Knights get to go for Mr. Irrelevance. I th- we, we talked about this a little bit, but we'll hit this right now. Um, uh, Patrick Hornquist's. That would be the the final pick. That'd be the final pick, yeah. So they have I, the last pick. They so have the very last pick. Okay. And I actually wrote about this the other day. So now I, I got my notes already set out for me here. If I can just find this really. Here we go, right here. Bam, here we go. Are here you going to quote yourself? I am quoting I'm myself. Like Patrick Hornquist. There we go. Patrick Hornquist, current Florida okay. Panther. Two Stanley Cups, nearing a 1,000 games played. So that's the most relevant Mr. Irrelevant that there is, there's been 11 players that have actually stepped onto the NHL ice from the irrelevant spot. So I really hope the Golden Knights can make a splash somewhere in there. Another prospect that I like, this was my pick for lockdown, our mock draft that we did. I scrolled down. He's like ranked in the 70s or something like that I just saw. So I totally foobarred that one. But Andrew Gibson, a big body defenseman, can skate, good two-way defenseman. Zach Whitecloud is kind of the comparable that I draw, so we'll see if they can pick him up maybe with uh, right around that Sabres pick that we have. That'd be the spot, actually, to possibly nab up Andrew Gibson. Okay, so, uh, yes, what? but what position do you feel VGK would be looking for? Defense. And I just saw, yeah, I'm guessing defense as well. 
Um, I just saw the Kelly McCrimmon interview that he had done on their uh, Twitter handle. And McCrimmon was just saying, yeah, you know, we've had no fewer than six draft picks in any draft. Okay, great. Um, But what have you done with those? And he said, yeah, we've, of course, they've used it as uh, capital and assets and what have you. So they could obviously um, make some deals. And I, I don't know. I mean, VGK, do you think they'll be somewhat aggressive here in this draft or are they kind of content to where they're at? Or I mean, the only way they would do anything if they're going to do something within the draft is a package deal to get like a higher draft pick, maybe in the 2024 draft or something like that. Uh, as far as commerce goes for the Golden Knights, they're sitting on once the Aiden Hill news breaks, which kind of odd that it hasn't broken yet is on an official level. Once that breaks, the Golden Knights are going to have called three million and change to work with. Uh, Dorothy of Howden, uh, Pahal need their RFA qualifying deals. And those will get worked out with these. Uh, I don't see him doing anything with uh, Phil Kessel. Jonathan Quick, I would not be surprised if they tried to make a pitch at the league minimum because he did fit in so well here and could, could be a big help, you know, when there's injuries and stuff like that. So there's a very little, you know, unless the Vegas Golden Knights are going to trade away somebody to acquire a higher draft pick, I don't see them doing anything aggressive in this draft besides just filling out some positions. You look at our defenseman, Petrangelo, McNabb, Martinez, those are not the youngest of fellows right there. And obviously they're, you know, only going to be aging. So the people you draft now could be their replacements, you know, three, four, five years down the road from now, maybe even sooner for a guy like Alec Martinez, who's going to be coming into his final uh, year of his contract. Okay. NFL analogy. Uh, The last player, Mr. Irrelevant to make it big, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was a Mr. Irrelevant. I had no idea. I had no idea. That's pretty cool. Uh, What, two years ago now. Uh, And so uh, I just, some of the players that I had uh, going through some of these mock drafts, uh, Riley Haight, you mentioned him, the center from Prince George Cougars. He tied Connor Bedard with 72 assists in the WHL and 97 points. Uh, So if they go for a centerman, uh, that could be the call. I want Oscar Fisker, Mulgard from Denmark, a center, just so that uh, I'd like to hear them have to call his name and play by play. He's too small. Uh, yeah, he's. I think, I think small. he's smaller than Marchie. Yeah, maybe, oh yeah, he's taller when he weighs size. Less. But what about uh, Daniel Boot or Butt, uh, the left winger yeah, from uh, yeah. Russia? Sounds six great. five two zero three, six five two zero three, uh, plays for the Kelowna Rockets and. I saw some uh, comparisons to Alex Tuck there. I actually did look look at him when I was doing our mock draft, and I was scrolling through pretty fast. I, I was giving as much effort then as I am right now, to be completely honest, in this segment. But um, I scrolled through, and I saw the size. I'm like, okay, we're going to click, and we're going to learn a little something about this dude here. And, yeah, I mean, it's it, there's not a lot of people like that in this league. I, I can't recall Tuck's size. I feel like Tuck is in 6'5", though. I think he's... Uh, much closer to the six one six two range, if I'm guessing off the top of my Tuck? head. Yeah, Tuck's awfully tall. Okay, well, okay. One exactly. of us will look it up when the other one's yapping for a second. Yeah, but yeah, ahead, just, just keep yapping. Yeah, just just seeing that size, you know, you there's just not like that's a defenseman size right there, right? That's a defenseman. That's the type of player who you know, like a Dustin Bufflin type size. And if he can skate like a Dustin Bufflin and hit like a Dustin Bufflin, then you know this dude can certainly six four six four. Okay, good. I talked long enough for you to get the height. Good. Perfect. 
Yeah, I knew he was taller. I've actually stood next to him. So, so have I. I've met him a bunch of times. I, I honestly didn't register him as six four, but all the times I met him, I think he was sitting down or I was drinking with him. So maybe that's why. I don't know. Okay. Coming up next, there's plenty of news and movement going on in the Pacific Division. Feel much better about that segment. <laughs> yeah, we could we could talk about uh some of their draft picks and uh, give you some of the guys that we think they're gonna draft. Just kidding. Uh well we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. We are back on Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Of course, uh, you could find us on YouTube at Lockdown Golden Knights. And, of course, uh, please subscribe there. And on Twitter, at Tony Dasco. Oh, I got roasted with all of my back-to-back talk and hashtag. The mileage I was looking for. Someone posted, like, the miles traveled, though. Vegas was (laughs) was fifth and third. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, that that's something you got. You got to you got to acknowledge that. Oh, no, I do. I acknowledge greatness. Uh, someone said I w- should be burned at the cross. So, I mean, I'm getting some really nice. So does someone just compare you to Jesus Christ? <laughs> are you going to walk know. on? So are you going to walk on water when your Rangers win the cup? I mean, what are we talking uh, about here, guys? <laughs> I don't know, man, but it is surely a lot of fun. Oh, it feels he like segment TD, three. TD Chris, <laughs> TD Chris G, uh, of course, and at Lockdown VGK. And, uh, okay, so nighttime, she said, <laughs> if only you lived in Toronto, you would have 3 million followers but burned at the cross several years ago. WTF. That's our segment, of course, that comes up. on. Think Friday. all the money you can make doing this if you live in Toronto. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like David Staples from Edmonton taking my, uh, my article just completely roasting Jay Woodcroft. He took my article <laughs> so he didn't have to do it. He's like, hey, check out what they're saying about this guy in Vegas when he's probably the one that really wanted to say it. He just didn't want to put his name out there. So it's okay, all good. So, I'll, I'll love Dave Staples. <laughs> so most traveled last season, uh, Edmonton, Florida, then VGK. But most of those trips, I had to point out for Matty Owens, uh, most of those trips were for Bruce Cassidy to go get some uh, tanning in, in South Florida. So, uh, okay, Pacific Division, a lot of movement, a lot of movement. Cal, Gary, they unload Tyler Toffoli. Uh, the Ducks, it appears, will be picking second, and Adam Fantilli, uh, the centerman from the University of Michigan, uh, he'll be their pick. But when looking at the Ducks, too, let's just talk about these teams for a moment. Uh, so they get number two, but then they have three. The Ducks have three second-round picks, and they could really – get an infusion of a lot of really good young talent the san diego gulls are going to be a that, that's their san diego right that's their affiliate. yeah san diego's their affiliate. san diego's gonna be a pretty good team in the hl for a couple of seasons that's what i'm hearing right there the ducks are building right now i, I did write about that not too long ago in vegas hockey now uh zgress drysdale mctavish that right there is a fantastic core to build around. Now you're going to put Fantilli into the mix and then you're going to add a bunch of complimentary talent this season. Three, four years down the road, the Ducks are going to be a problem in the Pacific, probably right around the time the Golden Knights might go into, you know, some type of a rebuild. So the Ducks are positioning themselves very, very well, if not sooner. And they still got what, about 74 million in cap space available? Yeah, no. And they were planning to bolster things this season. So that could be a team on the radar. Uh, Calgary's just imploding, it, it appears. It's so bad. I've I've been writing about that a while. Um, they literally have, I think, five or six different players who are openly saying, hey, I want outs. Yeah. I want out right now. And to that fully, could be a fun franchise too, right? 
you know, it, it, it's unfortunate because, like, at first you could argue, okay, this was all Daryl Sutter, right? They didn't want to play with Daryl Sutter or whatever. But now this is not a Daryl Sutter problem. He was part of the problem, sure. And, and I'm not knocking Daryl Sutter. He just certainly wasn't maybe the, the coach for the time. I'm looking up the Flames cap friendly. I was just checking this out the other day. So they're in a complete implosion spot right now. Now that Toffoli is gone. Um, Mikhail, Mikhail Backlund, Elias Lindholm, they both pretty much won out right now. They're UFAs in 24-25. So it's at the point now where you're going to make a trade now or you're going to be stuck with them. Noah Hannafin, Christopher Tanev. Chris Tanev, a lot of teams would sign him in a heartbeat. Nikita Zadaroff and uh, Denise Gilbert, these are all UFAs expiring next year. Something I really love about the Golden Knights here, just kind of going a little bit off the radar, the Golden Knights are set up to have their contracts expire in waves. Oh, where did it go here? Where did it go? Where did it go? Basically, what I mean when I say that is you have a couple contracts expiring next season and then a couple expiring after that. It's not like the Flames where every single player all their big players are up in one false swoop and they all know this. They all know that the implosion is happening right now. So they're like, they're picking up the phone slap shot style, trade me right effing now and slamming the phone on the GM. And it's starting to happen. Uh, when you talk about uh, the Pacific division, uh, the LA Kings making moves as they acquire Pierre Luke Dubois, uh, eight times eight and a half million. It was a sign and trade deal. Uh, did the Kings give up too much? That's the big question. Alex, are you follow Rasmus uh, Kapari and uh, who was it? Gabe. Uh, Gabe Velarde. Velarde. Gabe Velarde. Well, they they put Gabriel and they kind of threw me off. It, it, it throws me off in Puckpedia when I have to cite this too. So don't worry. You're, you're not alone on that. Talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois first, then we'll talk about the trade. So just looking at some of his recent stats, 63, 60 points, 20 points. So he's really kind of come on as of late. And he got an extension, forgive me, is it around the eight? Eight, eight five, and a half. That's what eight I said. Eight five yeah. AAV range. Eight times eight five. That's what I said earlier. That's a lot of money. That's that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. A lot of uh, dinero and a lot of American money too. But that's just uh, now. Rewind for a second. Uh, going up and back with uh, Dan from Vegas Hockey now and a fancy football. We're talking fan. We're, we're talking football connections here. When you make trades in fantasy football or the NHL or any sports organization. Give me the best player in the trade. Give me the best singular player in the trade. And then we can evaluate which side of the trade comes out on the better side. So does it feel kind of like a video game type trade where the Kings gave up, you know, a bunch of, you know, not flub. It's certainly much better than that. But they gave up a lot of players to equal out, you know, whatever leveler needs to come into play. And they gave up a lot, but they also gave up a lot that they can replace, whereas they are viewing Pierre-Luc Dubois as a top level superstar, at least by what their, what his contract is going to be. I mean, obviously the Kings had a say in how much the extension was going to be worth. And there's still about four and a half million dollars in cap space for the LA Kings, but they do have to, they only have four defensemen under contract right now. One of their older defensemen is currently going to be a UFA. I doubt anything happens there. So they're going to have to spend some money to retool a little bit. They're up against the cap, even though it's four and a half million left. They have to add probably two or three defensemen off of that and hope, you know, the pieces all kind of fall into place. We've got uh, the Kraken. They're looking for a defenseman. Vancouver at number 11, looking for a defenseman. But the Sharks, okay, they're again, they're going to be picking up high. Uh, they've got the fourth pick. 
And it looks as though it's William Smith center played on the USA under 18 team. Uh, so they think that they have someone there um, who can help them out perhaps immediately. Um, and then they made that trade, for, which is kind of perplexing. Um, they picked up Mackenzie Blackwood and his record last season, 10, six and two. And his goals against was 3.20. And that was a guy that was hit and miss every time that I saw him play for the devils. He just, I think they gave up like a fourth round draft pick or something. Do they still have James Reimer now. Are they really coming into the next season with Reimer and Mackenzie Blackwood? I think so. Yeah, of course. So I, I, I think there, Reimer's still there. Yeah. Is there a Connor Bedard coming in the next draft that we're not aware of right now? Cause that's what <laughs> it feels like is happening. Um, crack or excuse me, the will crack. And I guess we can say that too, but um, the Sharks, they're just weird right now. I know they're in this rebuild, but I don't understand the well, path. Well, how long is this rebuild going to take? I mean, and Carlson's going to be gone, Eric Carlson, of course. And and that needs to happen. Um, looking, there's it needs a to happen on draft day, right? Draft it week. could. It definitely could. I mean, Hurricanes, Leafs, Kraken, Detroit's. These are all the teams that are being mentioned right now. I mean, I can loosely throw Chicago into that mix just based on the availability of cap space right now and how they might set the wheels in motion to, Hey, three, you know, two years from now, Bedard's going to get us there. So maybe, you know, like the Taylor Hall, you know, situation, that's why I kind of wonder if Chicago thinks their window window is going to be a little bit sooner. Otherwise, why are you even acquiring Taylor Hall? But Eric Carlson, definitely that domino needs to fall. So the sharks can continue on whatever this rebuild path is. I still understand it. It's not like, Blackhawks, you knew they were sucking for Bedard, right? Um, you know what's kind of happening in, in Calgary. They're selling and starting fresh, but the Sharks, like it took them so long to deal Timo Meyer. They still have like Tomas Hurdle there and they have James Reimer and now Mackenzie Blackwood is, I don't know. Of course, they're not the smartest organization because they probably would make a deal within the division with the Kraken. And that would be a big piece there for Seattle. It definitely would, because Seattle, comparing to the path that the Golden Knights are on, um, I heard, I think it was a Seattle GM, it was either the GM or the coach in a random podcast the other day I was listening to, and you know they acknowledged, we don't have a number one center and defenseman. That might change sometime soon. Maybe they're in the organization now, but at this moment, we don't have that. And going back to uh, Kelly McCrimmon, of course, he placed a huge level of importance and emphasis emphasis in acquiring a number one center and defenseman. I mean, it's, it's a big part of and the Bill recipe. Bill Foley said, of course, a number one forward. A number one forward, yeah. It's but a he huge thinks part that William of, Carlson is a forward. Uh, he, he he thinks he's number one, too. Um, <laughs> three Stanley Cups, kid. Go get him, Carly. But, yeah, you do need that number one center and defenseman. <laughs> is Carlson a number one defenseman? I mean, on, on salary, he is, I guess. And what's he minus 40 or something like that with 101 points? Okay. I mean, it was awesome when Burns and Carlson were on the ice together in San Jose because you knew there were going to be some scoring chances for, uh, for, um, the team they were playing against, obviously. So we'll see what happens. Are the Sharks the smartest team in the Pacific? No, they're not. They're, they're not in the top seven, in my opinion. They're, they're right around the eighth spot. I think they got a comfortable grasp on the eighth spot as far as, uh, being the smartest team in the division. Before we get out of here, the one question I've got to ask you, is this an important draft for VGK or does it not matter at this point? No, all drafts are important. So 
I wish I had it in front of me, but you look at what Cody Glass, Nick Suzuki, um, Eric Brandstrom, and players like that came to. It right. came to Mark Stone. It came to Max Patcher already. I may be talking about him later in this week. Um, it came to, you know, the opportunity to get, you know, someone like Jack Eichel. Cause obviously, you know, you look at Alex Tuck, uh, where he was drafted and, and Peyton Krebs and stuff and like Krebs. that. So Vegas is very good at taking these pieces, you will, these, these draft picks and building up their value maybe to the other general managers because they've, you know, listen, Vegas has had their share of flubs too in some deals, but they've done a pretty good job at what these, what this draft capital has become for the Vegas Golden Knights. And listen, we don't need to split hairs about what the number one pick in the 2017 draft became or the, or the third pick, Peyton Krebs, I think, but what the, what the third, what our third round draft pick in 2019 draft became because the Golden Knights just won a Stanley Cup. Everything that they have done with these draft picks, with this draft capital, it all worked out. The team obviously is on the top of the mountain right now, and, and they're poised with their core to be competitive for a Stanley Cup all the way possibly to the 2025-2026 season. I'm not saying they're going to win three more Cups in a row. It'd be, it'd be fun, but I, I, there is a realistic chance that this core, which is comparable to the Chicago Blackhawks, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Marion Hossa. I mean, we have our we have Jack Eichel. We have Mark Stone. Um, we have Petrangelo. That's, you know, if you're going to compare core to core right there, that's a pretty good start when you look at what the Blackhawks had. And they got three Stanley Cups in five years. The Golden Knights have every opportunity to get one more Stanley Cup. And part of that is certainly with how McCrimmon is utilizing our drafts and our draft capital to get talent that's helping us now. I know McCrimmon had said that, hey, we're lucky enough to get a first-round draft pick. And if we're picking 32nd, that means that we won the Stanley Cup. So they're very happy and lucky that they at least get a first-rounder. And they're in the game, right? And then they don't pick again until round number three. And so it should be an interesting draft. And coming up on our next show, we'll be uh, highlighting again and recapping the draft and that number 32 pick for everyone out there and see if this player can fit in or how they'll fit in or who knows, maybe VGK will make uh, some sort of a deal. No, that wasn't the timer. That was my excitement. I was conveying that wasn't, you got plenty of time. Oh no, I'm going to peace out though. Cause I thought you were telling me to wrap it no, up. No, 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 I'm good. I was just, that was me saying, okay, draft. I'm excited. Woo. More exciting. The draft uh, or Dr. Or, Frank or, 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 or Dr. Frank Saravelli eating his barbecue on the set. They got to relive this. For what my man, Chris Golick. I won't say. It's probably inappropriate. I'll, I'll, it's I'll probably tell you inappropriate. It's All probably right. inappropriate. We'll keep that on the DL or tweet it out because we there's a lot of inappropriateness there. Now you're talking. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. We thank you all for tuning in, especially our everydayers. Please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. A lot going on there. Locked on Golden Knights. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Golden Knights.